In this week's episode, Chris covers the weirdness of Superman Year One. We beg Keanu to be our MCU Moon Knight, and then we finish off with a whole new segment called Graphic Novelties. It's all happening now on Cover B. What's up, y'all? Welcome back, everybody. It's Cover B time. To Cover B. Aw, yeah. Cover me. I apologize in advance if I sound like I'm speaking through my nose or if there's some strange whistling happening. Mm -hmm. I am, once again... Sick as fudge. I am sick. Yeah. And I I hate it. So, comics for this week. Um... There was some cool stuff. Uh, one of the big hyped titles is Superman Year One. So this is the third black label title from DC. Ooh, fancy. Um, and easily the most dull. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's had a ton of hype because it's Frank Miller doing like a Superman origin story. Yeah, that's kind of um, intense. Like doing it with art from John Romita Jr. J.R.J. Who uh. JRJR, who I'm not a huge fan of, admittedly. I know that's kind of a hot take because everyone loves JRJR, but um, John Romita Jr., I just, I've never been too huge on his art, but he's done plenty of Superman stuff. Um, so it seemed like a match made in heaven. Honestly, I don't know if it's just the fact that, and there's some weirdness that I'll get into after, you know, I kind of, you know, get the abstract out. Um, I don't know if it's just the fact that the Superman's origin has been beat to death, like Spider-Man's and Batman has. Right. Or if it's just that he didn't take a whole lot of creative liberty with it. Um, but I don't know. It was just kind of boring. What? Well, All weird. the usual characters were there. He was doing his whole, like, noble super person thing. You know, there wasn't... I don't even know why it was a black label book. There's not a swear word to be seen. There's, like, an almost rape from these, like, bullies against Lana Lang. Is that her name? Lana Lang, I think. Um, Superman's, like, pre-Lois. He likes the LLs. He does. God forbid he ever meet LL Cool J. Um, (laughs) He'd be Uh like, your name is LL? Fuck. Um... (laughs) That's the black label book that we need. Um, <laughs> Superman getting super wood over LL Cool J. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's how I chose to start this episode off. Yep. Um, now the weirdness about it is, like, it's got this odd tone to it where Superman just feels very rigid and cardboard and cold, huh. and almost sociopathic in a way. That's weird. Like he, his like whole like nobility of rising above everybody is like peppered with he does it because he literally like thinks he's better than everyone like even as a baby like the narration will be like he'd be a baby like on his dad's shoulders and the narration will be like clark was learning not to hurt his dad's shoulders when he rode on his back and like stuff like that like he's this wee little toddler and is like i could destroy you but i won't um, that's so odd give me yummies uh <laughs> that is so, so strange. yeah it's really bizarre and this is weird it hit me like i made it like halfway through the book before this really like triggered for me so there's parts where the narration talks about clark in third person uh-huh. and is very omniscient like it sees the world 
as it's happening. Right. And then there's parts where the narration is literally Clark's thoughts. Like, what am I going to do? It's first person. And um, they don't change how those look. The box is the same. It's colored the same. The lettering inside the box is the same. So it's almost to suggest that these parts where it's like, and then Clark learned how to throw the ball slower as to not hurt his father's hand is his inner monologue. WTF. It's really weird. It's just, I don't know. I've never been huge in this Superman. Um, I've always found him a little bit boring. Uh, But this was like, like I finished it and I was like, why, why? (laughs) <laughs> That's such a weird contrast to the way Bendis is currently presenting mm-hmm. Superman. Because one of the reasons why I'm really enjoying Bendis' run is because he's Here made... Comes. Well, no. It's just that he's made Superman... <laughs> I usually <laughs> think Superman's kind of boring, too. But he's made him very, like, real. Like, he just sort of mm-hmm. talks and sounds and acts and thinks and feels like a dude. Like, isn't, isn't Bendis great? Look, I... <laughs> I appreciate Isn't Brian Bendis. Michael Bendis just great? He is great. However, I do have a current hot take that, you know, he's writing so very much of DC right now mm-hmm. that it's sort of starting to blur together yeah, a little everything's bit. everything's kind of coming out in the same tone. Yeah, everything sort of just sounds, it's all coming up Bendis. <laughs> anyway, Superman Year One has an interesting kind of decision that Clark makes in it. Kind of a little bit of a tweak of his origin. Um, he decides to become Superman, the Man of Seal, which uh, makes <laughs> sense if you read the book. Um, orp, orp, orp. <laughs> That's my seal noise. I liked it. It was good. Anyway, um, <laughs> check it out if you're a Frank Miller fan or you're just curious. Um, but honestly, as far as Black Label stuff goes, like we've got Batman Damned is excellent. Last Night on Earth is weird, but also Super really weird. cool. Um, and then you just have this one coming out and it's like really good that they didn't put this one out like at the same time as Batman Damned because I think Black Label would have fallen apart. Because if they had like boring Superman story and Bat Penis happening at the same time, I think they would have just been like, ah, this, this failed, you know? So like, do we think that they're trying to set up? something super dark like i don't is this know. gonna be like a weird like he, alternate dimension now superman's killing a bunch of people and that's why it's gonna be black label it does not seem like they're going that way that's they, so odd like i said he makes a decision that he you know as far as other origin stories for superman he never really did okay. but it's not a particularly like dark grimy decision it's just like you know hey i just graduated high school i'm gonna go do this you know huh. It's like, oh, I need to see the world, so this is how I'm going to do it. And, you know, my hint for that was he becomes Superman, the Man of Seal. You uh, know. Wink, wink. Uh, wink. I gotcha. Wink, wink. Um, but, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it didn't really go anywhere for me. I'll, I'll probably, it's only a three-issue thing, and it does come in, like, a beautiful magazine format. Granted, mine, I don't know if all the cover A's are this way or if it's just the ones that my shop got. Um like halfway through the pages become upside down and reversed. Oh. In the cover A. Oh, that's the cover weird. B doesn't have that. It's fine. And at first I thought it was a design choice and I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe something happens cuz like at the bottom of the page he kisses Lana." And I was like, "Oh, maybe that has some purpose." But then the next page is the end of the book. Oh. And I was like, "Huh?" 
That ain't right. And so I flipped all the way to the back and saw the continuation of the kissing frame, the frame that was supposed to be. So, like, left page, they kiss. And then I had to flip all the way to back to get the right page of the kiss. Huh. And I was like, oh, all right. So I don't know if everybody has that, but if you're wary, if you go to pick up one of the Frank Miller covers, the cover A, I think that's the Frank Miller cover. I think so. The cover A, uh, just check it first. That's going to bother you because it kind of bothers me. (laughs) But I'm already $8 committed. Um, I can't go back, man. So I don't know. But like I said, worth picking up if you're just curious and you're like me and you just kind of want to get these beautiful magazines i wish last night on earth was magazine i was so bummed yeah that one wasn't that's a magazine bomb. size because um, batman damned is superman year one is i really hope they keep going with the magazine size because it's just such a better format it like, gives it a different like emphasis like i don't want to pay eight bucks for every single comic you know right but like you make it magazine you get so much more art so much more room for dialogue well and these so black you can label make the, titles are supposed to be something yeah and special. you can you can make the comic read longer because yeah. you can fit more words in more pictures in more action pages yeah bigger beautiful splash pages that's the best part about batman damned is that there's like all these big beautiful splash pages from libra mayo and it's just like oh it's so good um this one not as much <laughs> So, uh, anyway. So, um, I don't have a ton to go over this week, um, but I do have a DC title to cover. Um, Goddess Mode, number six, came out. It was the end of the book. Nice. Um, the book run. So, I really... I, I don't... <laughs> I enjoyed the book run. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the characters, and mm-hmm. I thought the art was stellar. I appreciate this, like, bright, beautiful, like, neon-esque feeling art. It's very, like, bright and cyberpunky and enjoyable. These books are very dense. Mm-hmm. They are very wordy. There is a lot of dialogue, which is not a bad thing, but I almost feel like there's so much dialogue that it kind of brings down what's actually happening in the book. Like by the end of this issue, there was so much text that at one point I was like, I don't actually know what's happening. I'm not actually sure what this is trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. I don't, because instead of just like having very clear, um, visuals as to the story going on they tried to tell it too much in dialogue but there's not really a good um narration source like there's Mm. not like an omniscient narrator who gives you like this happened and then this happened so you're just kind of filling in pieces parts from the dialogue yeah and uh, honestly i think it just got too big for its britches like I think it, it was just hard to figure out exactly what was going on. And, you know, admittedly, maybe I, I missed some pieces, parts or something, but I, I don't think I did. Like, mm-hmm. I think it just, it got a little touch on the convoluted side. Yeah, I mean, anytime you do, because it was one of those stories that's about, like, real people <laughs> going into technology land, right? Well, and it got even weirder because it turned out it was, like, techno land is actually magic but there's also technology and now magic is bled through into technology and now (laughs) there's like 
um, what techno it? disease, and there's like these weird people yeah. who are now gods in this thing, and like it's probably one of those. It things, was a lot. Yeah, it's probably one of those things that just really one of those concepts that yearned for more time, but didn't really have the time. You know what I mean? Or maybe even a different medium. To be quite yeah. honest with you, like I feel like if this well, she, had been done, she does as a, video games, right? Yeah. So maybe she does. Yeah, yeah. Zoe concept, does, like, does that. So it could have been towards video games. It would have been a really good video game. It would have been a really good novel, I think. And I still really enjoyed it, and I would definitely recommend it, if only because the art is so stunning. Yeah. But I think trying to do as much as they did in a six-issue mini, mm-hmm. it it got choked. That's what I'm saying. Is with comics, if it's gonna be. Like, if it's going to be kind of a convoluted comic, you need to have the time to do it. And, like, someone who's great at this is Warren Ellis. Um, And it almost, like, I've talked to a lot of people that get pissed off of Warren Ellis stuff because he takes so long and, like, really takes his time. But, like, that's the way you got to do it. Like, trees took forever to to get (laughs) off the ground. And it was wonderful because you constantly felt something building, but he was laying all these bricks you know, and injection, same thing. Very convoluted concept, but he, like, takes his sweet time with it. And granted, he also takes his sweet time putting books out. And I haven't had a new <laughs> trees or a new injection in a long time. And while Wildstorm is great, and I'm really happy that Wildcats is coming out, and I think you're working on that. Anyway. Bring um, it back. Yeah. We're okay. But, I mean, think about, think about your, your home. You're, you're safe. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Cleansing breaths help us all. It's ASMR time, everybody. <laughs> asthma. I got the asthma. Um, I do have the You asthma. do have the asthma. <laughs> anyway, I'm, so I'm sick so, again. <laughs> so speaking of convoluted, um, but like imagine if like one day you found out that the next big six issue many from dark horse and i just picked them out because i feel like they'd be the type of people to pull this crap was like metal gear solid the six issue many i think you just broke my brain right so it's like if you are gonna do something that's very high concept yeah you need to have time to have a few issues that are non-linear you know what i mean like a few issues that like pop out of the timeline a little bit and kind of break shit down um i think that's really the only way you could do it and chances are she probably wanted to but they might have been like hey vertigo's on the downfall so you gotta wrap this shit up yeah i don't know like i i i agree like there could have been a whole issue talking about intimity and cassandra and like how they factored into this thing and like there were two very blatant characters that just sort of showed up at the end and mm-hmm. I didn't really understand why they were there, but I mean, yeah. I got why they were there, but like they didn't elaborate. And there was just, they tried to fill in too much into six issues. Yeah. And if this had been like a full, like even just 12 issue run, I feel like I would have gotten a lot more from it. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's like, um, I don't know. you know, manga is a really good example like mangas get like super convoluted yeah but mangas will also go for like 72 volumes oh you yeah. know so you'll have like and they don't do a lot of like some of them do but they don't do a lot of like time jumping like 
now this one's set 20 years in the past and we're going to explain where this came from it'll just keep freaking going and suddenly a character you know it'll be the bad guy and they'll be like haha you thought i was the oni Comanche, but i was dimamu the whole time and it's like <laughs> what the hell you know and but then it just keeps going and eventually you get like three volumes after that and you're like yeah he's dimamu no it totally makes yeah, sense i get it you know yeah because it just keeps like you're gonna get this yeah they just keep but they have the time to do that it's true and they dedicate the time to do that so when you're trying to do something that's very high concept in six issues it's like and that's probably something that i struggle with too because i used to be a manga reader and so i i have a hard time when i get these like four to six issue minis i'm like this is not enough information for me to enjoy (laughs) what we're doing need more um couple i wanted to talk about on the indie side of life uh the first one is from black mask uh it's called labrator labrator number one uh this bad boy was written by matt minor with art by crease lee um it was cool it's a cool concept the whole concept is that these people are uh like activists that bust into like break up like animal rings and you know stuff like that animal rights activists that are very like action oriented they break into this facility and find really weird things and you know the solicitation for it says like now they have to escape with their lives doesn't really get to the escape with their lives part in the first issue but it does a lot of cool character development they seem like fun kids it does a lot of like there's a lot of story in their characters that isn't really given to you it's like given to you in snippets and then you're gonna have to figure it out as time goes on like one of the characters has a connection with some dude that something obviously went bad like something traumatic happened to them with some hunters we don't know what that was yet you know what i mean um so there's a there's a lot of that kind of stuff which i'm good with i'm good with when it's not like hey do you remember when you were in the woods and those hunters shot you in the knee you know it's like (laughs) no one talks like that they're just like oh my god it's just like those hunters or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And then flashbacks can give, can feed the info, but definitely worth a pickup. Um, you know, it's a, it's a cool book. It's a very black mass stuff. Like some of the black mass stuff I've gotten in the past, it's very flimsy with mm-hmm. the paper. So just yeah. be careful, <laughs> but don't do uh, the rippies. It's got cool art and the creatures they find at the end of the book are pretty twisted. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, there's also a book from Scout Comics called Crucified. Ooh, you're pulling out all the cool publishers, aren't you? Yeah, right. I like to mix it up. I don't. I don't like to stick to. Got to get some cred. You know what I mean? Um, you ain't everything, Image. Yeah, you. You ain't got <laughs> shit. They actually don't like. Hey just, now. I mean, I'm talking market share. Like, I was looking at some market share numbers. Marvel's in the like 60, 70 percentile, and then DC's got a big chunk of what's left over, and then Image is like. Image. <laughs> they got some good books. They have good books. They have I very like image good stuff, books. But they are putting out a lot of number ones from time to time. Then I'm just like, why? Um, <laughs> anyway, Crucified. Um, this is written by Sheldon Allen with art by Armin Ozdick. It's a cool concept. Um, I liked the book because the whole premise is that there's riots going on in LA. Okay. And one day the mayor calls this guy who's some sort of like kind of street prophet type character like he i 
think they reference him doing like sermons and stuff, but they don't really like connect him to a religion. But he is called the Christ and wears a cross on his shirt. Um, oh, and he, you know, has like followers, and he steps up on a podium one day and is just like, "No more!" and the riots stop. Whoa! So, needless to say, there's a bunch of people that want to either harm him, interview him talk to him meet him get help from him stuff like that you know what i mean yeah and there's all this like corrupt la type people on the outskirts and that's who it focuses on and i think that's really cool it it, the first issue didn't really like again just like with labrators it was a lot of like character development like these are who the main players are but it doesn't the main focus the christ character doesn't really get any screen time it's all huh. these other characters. And I like stories that are like that. Yeah. Um, again, I'm going to bring it up for the second time. Trees is an alien book that is not about the aliens. It's about the people interacting with the aliens being there. The scenario. It's about like more about humanity and how it would react in this situation as opposed to like aliens are popping out and blasting us. Ah. Um. But yeah, it, it was cool. It's The art's a little wonky. Like, I don't like calling people out on art because I'm not good at art. Um, but it's kind of hard to get a vibe of, like, emotions in certain scenes. Mm, and yeah. there's obviously, like, racial subtext. But they, like, there's not a lot of color going on, both in flesh tones and in the world around. So it's a little weird to be, like... Because, like, the whole premise of the riots is, like the mexicans versus like the black community and so like a mexican community a black community they're exploded in tensions there's like gang wars going on that aren't helping and like all this stuff but it's really hard to get a vibe of like who's who and i don't know if that's on purpose and that might be like kind of intentional for me to say but um it was it was just weird i I didn't really like the color choices that they picked no that makes sense both like flesh toads and just kind of in general it's kind of a drab book like there's like most of the scenes take place in these areas where everything's like like the walls are khaki colored and the chairs are khaki colored and everyone's wearing like monotone clothing and like khaki pants you know so it's like yeah it's not a very colorful book is what i'm getting at it's like they had like four colors to work with and they were like this is what we got um so there's just not a lot of variety on the palette uh is is what i'm getting at there but um otherwise it's good it seems like a cool concept i am excited to see where it goes i kind of hope it gets some controversy behind it because that's always fun when people who don't read comics are like what and have a problem with comics all of a sudden Um, (laughs) but that one's definitely worth worth picking up as well nice um my last thing that i just wanted to bring up is um assassination number four and it's assassin nation two words um i've brought this one up a couple times yeah i've I've brought this one up a couple times because erica henderson is like the boss Mm -hmm. but i briefly wanted to just mention i i believe this book's gonna be like a pretty short mini i actually think the next issue is gonna be the last issue um and i just i want to recommend it again if only because so part of the plot of this book has been there were, like, initially, like, 30 people ranked in the, like, highest assassins scoreboard, okay? Mm -hmm. And progressively, as the book has gone on, more and more of those people have died. 
And so the like listing of the top 30 has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And by the time you get to this book, there's only like five people left on the ranking. And one of the best parts about it, I'm not going to spoil too much, but this just made me so happy is that in this book, it's become essentially a buddy comedy between this guy who I pardon my language, but this is his name in the book. Fuck Tarrington <laughs> and who's like this giant crazy kind of like rednecky dude who just like punches people and is amazing and this other little feller named Dave and Dave I is like Dave. a normal guy yeah. who just happened to become an assassin he was one of the lowest ranks and he's still alive somehow yeah and it's literally become like this adorable buddy comedy where the other three are trying to figure out what's going on and the two of them are just having a great time hanging out together and like Tarrington at one point says something and there's just like this like scene of Dave being like you're so cool that was the coolest thing you could have said and like <laughs> it's just adorable and like such a weird intonation really, into this I, book I need this book to get turned into a movie and yes. i need i need fuck tarrington to be played by chris pratt and i need dave to be played by ed helms and that's what i need <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing that is what i need in my life right now <laughs> can we put chris pratt in tarrington's mustache yeah, he's like, got like this shitty, weird like, porn porno stash yeah and i feel like that would be or like or he's make, also like you even... could also easily make tarrington like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Like, one of those. One of the And Chris's. then Ed Helms. <laughs> Get Chris Evans in a porn sash. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would just be, be the best thing. It's I would, just. I would watch the hell out of that. I just feel like this should be a movie. It's so funny. It feels to me like destined to be a Tarantino. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I read the first issue, <laughs> and I remember really enjoying. Because, like, that was when Dave and Fuck Tarrington kind of started to. They meet. To, like, meld. In the whole like big shootout in the first yeah. issue, and now it's and like I I was like, oh man, I love these characters, and I didn't keep up with the book, admittedly, because I had too much on my plate, and you were reading it, so I was like, I'll get updates. Um, but yeah, I, lo I love those characters. Literally, so I might have to go back. We're and almost done, and it's only gonna it's gonna be a short book, but yeah, yeah. it's just so entertaining watching, and you, nobody expected Dave to live. Yeah. But I'm so glad Dave lived. <laughs> I want Dave to keep going. I want Dave to win. Top ranked assassin Dave. Sweet little Papa Bear. But anyway, that's um, all I got this week. I'm going to wrap up the talking about comics segment real quick with a bit of a gripe and a, I guess, recension, rescinding of uh -oh. something I said previously. Um, oh, so no. back in the day when, I, when the Age of X-Man stuff... So, like, months ago when Age of X-Men things were coming out, I was reading them, telling you guys about them, and I was giving you, like, kind of a ranking of which one to check out. Um, and I said that the next gen was, like, the one to get because it was, in my opinion, the coolest. And that was true for four or five issues. Uh-oh. Because I love that team. They were doing some cool stuff. Like, the whole premise was, you know, X-Men created this perfect utopia that is either in... We haven't figured out what all exactly is going on, but it, they're all either stuck inside his brain or Legion's brain or the Life Seed, which is, like, a magical stone. Um, right. 
cool. And it's like this perfect utopia where no one's allowed to boink and no one's allowed to have relationships. You're not allowed to have family. Everyone's grown in tubes. Okay, but none that, of this sounds utopian. But that causes <laughs> that causes peace because everyone can work in harmony because nobody is appreciating anybody over everybody. So it's very, like, socialist. Um, and, Ugh. you know, there are, in all the books, all the – there's five – see marvelous x-men next gen amazing nightcrawler the extremists apocalypse there's six um in prisoner x um in all of them the whole premise is that there's tears happening and people are starting to see behind the curtain okay and x-man is having a hard time keeping it up um hey <laughs> 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 um <laughs> What have I done? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I liked Next Gen because, A, it focused on my boy Glob. Yep. Glob Herman is my dude. And the whole premise of that was he remembered everything. Oh, snap. So his whole thing is that he's covered in, like, wax. His body is made up of this, like, bio-wax. And okay. that's why he's a big pink glob. Um, and because of that, his brain was protected from X-Man's, like... Juju. Brain-wiping. So he is fully aware of what's happening. He remembers the world after and is keeping a journal of everything that happened up until that point. Huh. So basically, Uncanny X-Men 1 through 10 is his journal. So before wow. the whole age of X-Men. And um, he, the, when people act out, you know, they'll, the X-Men and the extremists who are like the special for like the secret police essentially – They'll wipe everyone's mind, like everyone in the world, mind wiped. And so he sees like people disappear and get replaced and everyone treat them like they've been there for like years. Like for instance, Bishop was on the X-Men yeah, and got kicked off for starting a relationship with Gene and got replaced by X-23. So Glob's fully aware of that, that oh, Bishop just weird. one day disappeared and everyone's like, yeah, you know, remember when X-23 helped us with that tidal wave 10 years ago? No. And he's like, nope. <laughs> That was Bishop, you know, so, um, and he's, what he's doing is he's trying to help his friends. So he's like smacking them and covering them with his goo, um, giggity, uh, <laughs> so that they don't get their minds wiped so that when, you know, as they try to like dig up clues, if somebody gets caught and the minds get wiped, they can remember where they were. And the whole thing culminates with a kind of doing a terroristic act on this library and then in this, in the name of Apocalypse, because he's joining up with their crew. And then in this issue, they all just go to jail and everyone gets their mind wiped. <laughs> Spoilers! So it's, in my opinion, it's them taking those young X-Men, which are really interesting characters, really fun characters. Armor and Anole and Pixie and Glob and Shark Girl and the Rocky dude who I can't remember his name right now um just ruined really cool characters and just being like oh hey here you go you're in the corner now man so they're all wrapping all the titles are wrapping up half of them have wrapped up next gen uh amazing nightcrawler and marvelous x-men and marvelous x-men and amazing nightcrawler well marvelous x-men had like a reasonable wrap-up that is probably going to lead into the final issue of this whole thing which is age of x-men omega and then nightcrawler and 
next gen kind of just ended with the titular characters getting their minds wiped and being shoved to the side and the whole like five issues you've been reading it's like oh hey screw you that's gone that sucks and so that was really frustrating um so i'm going to resend if you are the type of person who's waiting to get all the trades because they're going to put all these minis in individual trades and you're going to like pick ones and read them skip next gen check out extremists that one's currently my favorite because the relationship that's building between psylocke and blob is adorable blob is so precious he's such a sweetie um anyway so that is now my number one (laughs) of the age of x-men uh next gen has been knocked from its throne so i just wanted to get that out i wonder if that has anything to do with the uh upcoming hickman writes unwrites everything i don't know i'm so worried about that but that will be a conversation for another day (laughs) (laughs) and now your cover b news with your host chris and t Right, T, lead us into some news. Yes. So, I think we briefly mentioned in a previous episode that Keanu has been scouted potentially for Eternals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, there's been some updates on that. Ooh, updates. Keanu hasn't just been scouted for Eternals. Keanu has been a courtin'. Because apparently, (laughs) says Kevin Feige... They have approached Keanu for every Marvel title that has ever been made. That's so funny. I can, I believe it. Literally, from the very beginning, they're like, hey, want to be in a movie. And he just hasn't found the right one yet. Now, I am kind of hoping he holds out and doesn't do Eternals because there's other talk of a different character he could be which I think would be the bestest thing ever mm-hmm. and has been recently recommended as who he should be by, I apologize, I always mess up your name, Bill Sinkovix. I know I said it wrong. But they think he should be Moon Knight. Oh. Right? That's what I said! Oh, oh my, my God, God, he'd be the best Moon Knight ever! Oh, it'd be so great. Oh, team. Yeah. Oh, fam. And, I mean, that's how you, you know, Moon Knight is such a odd character, kind of, to get to the to the mainstream audiences. So it's I feel so like, Keanu! <laughs> I feel like that would be a great way to do that, is to be like, hey, you know, this guy's split personality Batman in white, but he's also Keanu. Like, And people sold. would be like, oh, sweet. Yep, ha- down. Th- sold! Like, that's a hard sell. Oh, man, and you do him in, like, the modern Moon Knight costume where it's just, like, a suit with a mask and it's all white. Like, that would be dope as shit. It'd be so cool. He'd be so good. It's perfect. Well, Keanu, (laughs) like, you're listening to this. Um, He's a cool dude. He could. Keanu, if if you hear me. Hi, Keanu. Play Moon Knight. Yeah. I I want that. Be Moon Knight. It would be dope. So, in other Marvel news, the fans were treated to a rip-roaring roller coaster of a time this week. Uh-oh, what happened? So, a few days ago, uh, Marvel posted to their Instagram, and I think Twitter, but I saw it on Instagram, a picture 
the only comment they had on it was just hashtag Marvel Comics. And it was a blue background, uh, the number four drawn in spider web with a spider crawling on it. Huh. So, rewind back to the days where Tobey Maguire donned a dark suit and did pelvic thrust in the streets of New York. It was a hot um, mess. Before that whole series crumbled, um, Sam Raimi had already begun kind of thinking what Spider-Man 4 would be. Okay. Um, and maybe, maybe not drafted a script. Even with Tobey Maguire saying, hey, I don't really want to do this anymore. You know, Marvel and Sony were still convinced that they could keep going. I don't know how they would have figured that out, but they were convinced that they could. Anyway, hmm. fans went ballistic thinking oh, that no. this, um, it was great. So all day the news was just exploding. Reddit was exploding. Instagram and Twitter were exploding with people being like, this is it. Marvel's going to do a mini series. It's going to be Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4 in comic form. There were some people who didn't really get it. Um, and they were like, oh, they're going to bring back Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man on the big screen. No, because they did the hashtag Marvel Comics. So right. The, that got shot down quick. But right. everyone was like, this is going to be so cool. They're going to do a mini series. You know, hopefully soon, that is Sam Raimi's unfinished Spider-Man series. It's going to cap off that oh, Spider-Man series. people. Deep Next breath. day, Marvel posts a picture of a three in Spider. And the internet oh, loses it because no. they're like, it's a freaking countdown? No! Anyway, the result is the announcement that Marvel is going to be having another Spider-Man title. Oh, good. Because they don't have Another enough. one. That's exactly what we want. Written by J.J. Abrams and his son, Henry Abr- Abrams. R- what? Um, and with art by Sarah Pacelli and colors by Dave Stewart. So, you know, in a world where we only have not enough Spider-Man titles, we now get to look forward to another Spider-Man title. I written don't... by probably J.J. Abrams' son, with J.J. Abrams, like, putting his name on it so it sells. <laughs> I don't... Everything about this is the worst. So the fans, a few days ago, were like, oh, yeah, we get to see what ha- would have happened in Spider-Man 4, only to be given J.J. Abrams writing a Spider-Man book in the world of... Because how many Spider-Man books do we have? We have Amazing. Too many! So right now... Oh, God. We have Life Story. We have Friendly Neighborhood. We have Miles Morales, which counts. We have uh, Amazing, obviously. So that's four. We have Symbiote Spider-Man going on right now. Superior Spider-Man. If you want to get real nitty-gritty with it, we got Ghost Spider. Isn't uh, uh, Vows still going? No, Renew Your Vows is not going on anymore. Uh, well, there's another one coming. Uh, there's another Spider-Man coming in September. They just announced that. Is that the J.J. Abrams? One? No, MJ is going to be Spider-Man. Oh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. That'll actually pick up. We got that. We got the J.J. Abrams one coming up. Huh. Uh, we have. I know he's Marvel team up has Spider-Man right now, but it's gonna stop having Spider-Man, so that one doesn't count. We have the Marvel action Spider-Man. So you know, give or take a few that like start and stop. Ten. <laughs> oh my god you know if you want to get real nitty-gritty we got venom but venom's kind of doing his own thing so 
Yeah, I just it was so much fun to watch as someone who was kind of indifferent. Like I loved the Sam Raimi movies. I legitimately did. I even really liked the third one. Like I'll watch it from time to time. It was cringy in its own way, um, but it, it was still a fun movie and had some great characters in it. Um, but it just watching the fans like that day, Lose their that mind. next day when the three got posted, the comments on the Instagram are hilarious. Just so much like shouting to the stars why marvel why well, i mean let's so be good. real who starts a countdown at four at four they knew what they were doing that's so yeah just it was rude. they knew that's it would either be because rude. it was also on a blue background with a white four so everyone was like oh my god they're gonna do they're bringing sp-. so you know then there was rumors like fantastic four is it gonna appear gonna pop up in spider-man yeah like far from home yeah and as like uh, this like the end credits or yeah. something nope so that's was, the worst it was, it was great it was very well done marvel trolled the shit out of people and it was, uh, it was perfect they knew exactly what they were doing man and it hyped the shit out of it and it was perfect uh and those are uh that's my people's fault. Mm-hmm. On behalf of all marketing, I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, fans. So, my last bit of news has literally nothing to do with anything. But I find it so entertaining, and I'm so hopeful that this exists, that I just wanted to bring it up and share it with you guys. <laughs> Are you ready? hmm Okay. So, I don't know how this came up. I don't know why it came up, and I don't know from what earth depths this became a possibility. But so, as you guys remember from the 80s, that movie Twins Mm -hmm. that had Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in it, well, apparently they're looking to remake it. Oh, jeez. And there's been, like, talks of remaking it for years. Well, apparently... Aquaman, Khal Drago, Jason Momoa himself, mm-hmm. has come out and said he would absolutely remake the movie with Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Right? I'm just like, this should happen tomorrow. I, I don't understand why this isn't already in production. I want it so bad. Like, that's one of those things where you're sitting there living your life, and there's something you didn't know you needed, and then it's presented to you, and now you need it more than anything else you've ever needed. That's this movie. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so, so cool. So listen up, Hollywood. When Khal Drago, one of the hottest, most, like, sought-after actors in Hollywood, is like, yo, I would make this movie that will obviously make you heaps and gobs of money. Just shut up and make the movie. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Isn't that how the Men in Black thing came along? Weren't, like, the two yeah. of them talking about, like, we should do a Men in Black, and mm-hmm. then it, like, happened? Or wasn't, there was, like, another movie that was like that, I thought. There's been a few of those. Or maybe that never came about. Wasn't there, like, a Rihanna Lupita Nyong'o thing? That, that is actually in discussion still. Okay. That is, that has been, like... The rights have been started by Ava DuVernay to make mm. a, a Rihanna Lupita like buddy heist movie, and nice. it's gonna be the best movie ever. Yeah, I'm excited. Just for that. saying, but oh, yeah, do twins. Yeah, that would be. Please make this happen. That would be great. Like it's just, 
and twins. It's just genius. Yeah, like, that'd, be, that'd be really cool. Like, everyone loves both of them. There's something for everyone in that movie. Mm. Come on, man. <laughs> Like, oh my god. It's graphic novelties. Hello, fam, and welcome to a new segment that we're doing called Graphic Novelties. Fancy, brand spanking new. So this is going to be a segment um, that we're going to do from time to time to kind of diversify what we talk about on the show, um, wherein we're going to focus, we're going to read... An original graphic novel, uh, which is different than a trade paperback because it's something that hasn't been collected in, in comic book floppies. It's like a standalone book. Standalone book that is graphic. Um, and we are going to review it, let you know what we thought. Might be Some might be brand new. Some might be a little bit older. The one we picked for our first episode is a little bit older. It's still kind of newish. Um, it is called My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips with colors by jacob phillips um we picked this one specifically because i'm a huge ed brubaker fan uh t has read a handful of ed brubaker stuff and also really loves it so we figured we could have a good bit of stuff to talk about so t what did you think uh my heroes have always been junkies i had no idea what i what this was about or had it very like i had zero expectations going into the book mm-hmm. um because i don't I don't know why, but I had like a weird feeling it was going to feel sort of um, uh, non-fiction-y. Um, mm. I don't know why. I guess I had read somewhere that he was doing a book tour for it. And, you know, the title's not terribly like fiction-y based. Yeah, a lot of people, like when you look at reviews and stuff about it or interviews about it people refer to it as a very personal title right and so i went in kind of expecting it to be that way but the book itself a surprised me big time by the content and b i thought was brilliant i mean the the combination of the topic and the depiction of the language as well alongside the art and the colors, and I'm glad that you mentioned who did the colors because I think mm-hmm. that was the coloration of these pages is so impactful to the rest of the book that I thought it was amazing. I I mean, it's not you don't expect going into a book like this that's essentially a drama and having a twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it's so subtle and and subdued and. Um, it does feel very personal. It, it feels like almost like you're reading someone's journal. And I thought that was just really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said in interviews that a lot of um, <laughs> the main character, Ellie, a lot of her memories, um, which she spends a lot of time going into like nostalgic modes. Yeah. And in a little bit, I want to talk about the use of color in this book. Um, but he has said in interviews, I believe that a lot of those memories are related to his own memories and part of why he writes a lot of, you know, criminal and fade out and killer be killed is, um, you know, he draws on a lot, I guess, you know, he had a pretty wayward youth, um, and he draws on a lot of that to build these stories as kind of a, you know, both inspiration and, you know, uh, 
kind of moralistic tales of like don't be like this but also you know generally i suppose therapeutic type things for him so yeah um yeah the colors in this book are what i really wanted to focus on because i love like ed brubegger and sean phillips they always have amazing uses of colors in their books um and they've got jacob phillips doing the colors on their recent run of criminal and he also did um this one and then like killer be killed was colored by elizabeth brightweiser um and oh it's just so good i like in fade out for instance the colors were very dark very heavy lots of shadow and it just fit this like nighttime 1950s hollywood aesthetic yeah in this one everything's very bright and pastel and then it goes to these like memories of her watching her mom shoot up on heroin and like you know reading dust jackets of records about you know stars that have died from overdoses or died in disgusting ways um and it's just it's it then goes to these like browns these like drab colors you know yeah and then it bounces back to this like pastel kind of clean very you know in the now type colors right and i think it's just it's it's so cool and it matches kind of the theme of this book where you know it's this girl gets put into rehab doesn't really want to be there you find out later that she has other motives for being being there there. isn't planning on getting clean is a very like in the moment kind of person and so you know the jarring juxtaposition of like the memories being very drab and khaki and then the like pastel clean very mellow feel of the like modern or the present times is really like just fits the tone nicely because that's how she sees the world she doesn't have a lot of like edge and grime she's just doing what she needs to do you know she has a mission she has a plan she has things that she likes she has things that she don't and that's just how it is you know i i really enjoyed the coloration too because to me it felt a lot like when you read something that's been um done by michael gatos um like jessica jones or um pearl they it's this use of color that's both sporadic and and filling of a page but it's it's vague Mm -hmm. like there aren't bounds to it and i think those are that's really important because all three of the characters i just mentioned you know from the book we've just read as well as jessica jones and pearl um they they all have this like you could almost call it like wishy-washy type essence to them Mm. where where they just they're dealing with life as it comes and they're dealing with things as they go and nothing is hard and fast and there aren't you know it isn't black and white everything is shades of gray and Mm -hmm. i feel like that representation of doing that with this color where things just sort of blend together and and it's not really like individual staying inside the lines everything just sort of fades into one another i think that's such a cool representation of personalities yeah and to be able to do that in that visual way one thing i love about this book is that it's a very approachable noir book in yeah. that it there's not a lick of nudity you know what i mean like there's not really any gore or heavy violence um there's some language but it's not like you know thrust down your throat of like big thuggish guys being like f that f you f that you no. know and it talks about drugs but it doesn't 
it's simultaneously and this is a great thing that brubaker does like absolutely wonderful it toes the line like he he has this ability to toe the line of glorifying something morally unsound you know what i mean yeah morally wrong but also not shaming it you know what i mean like he toes that line he doesn't glorify it doesn't shame it and the title of the book makes you think this whole thing's going to be about drugs are great we should all do drugs but she like you know she takes some pills she smokes some weed they drink you know but for the most part she's not like shooting up on heroin they're not like wasted and high the entire time in this book and even though that she you know does glorify these people and talk about you know a lot of musicians and stuff that got high it's always about like look at what they created and it's always kind of focusing on you know them building a story with drugs as like a backdrop of that and not like look at how great they were on drugs we should all do drugs you know it she recognizes the downside to drugs but it's almost like she views them as bottle rockets not so much role models but she sees these people with these short-lived lives that you know just came out and exploded in this beauty and then some of them sobered up and she sees that as kind of the end um some of them died in various ways um but it you know she doesn't ever look at them as like you know this is how we need to be she just recognizes that they were on drugs but they did some great shit and that's really cool you know yeah and i mean you know you mentioned how the the past kind of like memories are all painted in this really drab way so she'll be talking about like there's this one instance where she's talking about how she was in the bathroom and she saw her mom um I think her mom shoots up and and how beautiful her mom was in her memory after that but the scene itself is kind of it gives you like this weird despicable feeling when you're looking at it so like she's glorifying the situation but we're seeing it from this very like stark and and upsetting kind of perspective of like there's this little girl watching her mom shoot up in the bathroom and it's in these like gray terrible tones and mm-hmm. you're like this it, it it's both the character glorifying but also just like the vision of it is so uncomfortable that mm-hmm. it doesn't glorify it yeah and it's it's a startlingly relatable kind of thing to want you know what i mean yeah. like she sees these people who get high and sing songs and write songs and make art and she sees her mom getting high in the bathroom and just becoming loose and she talks about how you know junkies when they've had a hit are always the most trustworthy truthful people you know and what she's more than like the act of using drugs what she is really like respecting and looking up to is the ability to like wash yourself of all anxiety and pretense and just like live and see the world around you in a colorful bright happy way without like looking and being like you know oh there's my mailbox i got bills you know yeah. or like oh you know the sun the sun is there but look at those clouds rolling in oh no it's gonna rain you know like we spend so much time constantly like adding in all these like worries and troubles and, and stipulations like, stipulations to life she wants to live a life where she doesn't have those yeah you know and that's what she looks toward and like i said even though she does drugs in the book 
she never really establishes that she herself is a junkie. She just kind of lives a junkie lifestyle, like like a junkie mindset is yeah. what she wants to put herself in. So she like doesn't have a lot of worry about like relationships. Even when she's like kind of betraying somebody in this book, she doesn't hold a lot of like pretense and worry to herself. She just like does it. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things is that she starts to feel those worries and that's what bothers her the most is that she's feeling this like double talk and this like double thinking of stuff, you know. And it's true. she just wants to be able to like be in the moment and cruise through. So And she never really does. We don't see her do hard drugs in the book. Yeah, we don't. They you know, definitely take some pills, like painkillers. And they, and they do they some, smoke some pod. And they do some weed. Yeah, they do like a weed vape yeah, or they something. Yeah, like a weed vape and talk about how strong it is. And they drink and stuff. But yeah, they legitimately don't like, there's no like needles. There's no, no you know, getting really like slammed on the goo goo, if you know what I mean. What the hell is goo goo? Or, you know, rolling some ham sandwich, you know. That's not a thing. You're making that up. They don't, they don't. You know, kick the Clinton. If you know what I mean. No one knows what you mean. <laughs> you are making this up. No one knows what those are. I really liked, um, I always love books. Like, I loved uh, Phonogram by your boy, Kieran. Um, I love <laughs> books that talk about, like, specifically, like, music history, but, like, movie history, Hollywood history, uh, history in general. Like, books that really, like, give you facts so you kind of like, oh, that's neat. I'll bring that up at a party. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I love getting that tidbit. And this book has that. Like, I never knew about the, like, tragedy of Billie Holiday until I read this book. Yeah. You know, like, her dad died because a whites-only hospital refused him treatment. Flash forward years later, she's, like, high as shit in need of treatment. But because she's high as shit, they refuse her treatment and she freaking dies. Yep. You know? and that's crazy like that's crazy so like it has a bunch of that kind of stuff and it's just all about music which is really neat um and yeah it's just it's hard for me to (laughs) pinpoint just a few things to talk about because i I really enjoyed it and it's a quick read you know that's kind of a downside it's not really i took it on a plane i think you took it on a plane too actually so here's a little background story for me I recently was in the Pacific Northwest, and I've never been to the Pacific Northwest before. I was in a uh, on an island off of Seattle, and I have never really been in an area where I had time change stuff. So I'm not a great early riser. It's not really my my go to. Mm-hmm. And but I woke up at like six thirty, just because of the time yeah, change and everything, so. and nobody else was awake yet. And so I grabbed my book and I grabbed my blanket and I went outside onto the front porch of the house we were staying at and it was like beautiful and like 58 so it was like chilly but not cold there wasn't any wind and the sun was shining and I like curled up on this chair and I like read this book and it was just one of the most peaceful moments and I think I was in like the perfect mindset to read this book it was just like these bright colors on the page and this bright warm sun and this like pleasant area. And it was just like really nice. Yeah. <laughs> so like I have yeah. this weird, like 
dreamy perspective of this book now because that memory was just so pleasant. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So like, it's a great book to read in a situation like that. Yeah. Too, and it's I was so able to finish it. And nice. Yeah. And I was able to finish it in the one sit down. I ended up going back inside by like seven fifteen, and mm-hmm. like everybody was just starting to wake up. Sleepyheads. And mm-hmm. it was it was just nice. Like it was the perfect like length and and it yeah. was just good. Yeah, for me I took it on a like three and a half hour flight and picked like pulled it out of my bag and read it and it didn't even cover like the first hour. So it's it's kind of a quick read, which is good. Yeah. You know, you don't you know, sometimes especially with like graphic novel, you don't want it to be like, Oh man, I gotta put a bookmark in this. Yeah. You know? Like the nice it's nice to have a book that is an entire story. That you could just pick up, read in one sitting, and be done. And you don't have to worry about, like, what if I never get back to it, you know? It's like a um, snack. It's a quick consumable. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the chewy granola bar of stories. Um, but it was very good. I highly recommend it. So if you're looking for a fun noir book, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's an image book. It comes in a really just gorgeous hardcover. It's like a baby blue with a really cool like drawing of the main character on the front with like cool shading and stuff it's it's really just fantastic it's a great book guys 16.99 from image so definitely get out and pick up that book um this has been graphic novelties woohoo so that's going to do it for us for this week we are done for this week because i'm going to start coughing My face is all red, and I'm, like, trying to breathe and also not cough all over you guys on the mic. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want more Cover B, you can find us all over the internet. Facebook, Twitter, at CoverBPodcast.com. If you guys live in the central Florida area, we are actually going to be down at Ocala Comic Con um, this weekend, so tomorrow after this episode comes out uh saturday the 22nd and uh sunday the 23rd we will be there i won't be in full cosplay because i'm sick and i didn't have time to come up with anything fancy but i'm gonna have some casual cosplay that'll be with you we're going to be at table six uh it's the mega gaming and comics booth um we're going to be helping them pedal some of their exclusives <laughs> while we also pimp our show so uh come down there check us out say hi give us high fives we like um, high fives buy some comics Woo-hoo. from the always wonderful mega gaming and comics they paid me to say this and <laughs> uh, we will see you guys there and if you don't come then you suck no that's that's harsh you don't I'm, suck i call it i calls it like a season You don't suck. You're great. Everyone who's listening is great. Even if you think you're not great, you're great. You're super Just great. Just remember that some bald guy's voice I told you you're great. And a, and a, and a red guy. <laughs> red. <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap it up. We will see all y'all next week. On the next episode of Cover Me. Of Cover Me. <laughs> I thought we were doing a... We always finish each other's... <laughs> kind of thing, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.